Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post, with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast, and my birthday, it's my birthday, oh, I share a birthday with Boris Karloff, Billy the Kid, Miley Cyrus, and um, I think just it's just the four of us, I think it's just us, I'm not sure there's actually... birthday party ever. <laughs> oh, that would be an amazing... Yeah, me, Miley, and a, and a bunch of corpses. <laughs> Boris Karloff. Well, he's really taking this Frankenstein thing pretty far. Wouldn't that be awesome if they actually resurrected Boris? That's what they should have done when Boris Karloff died. A Victor Frankenstein type should have resurrected him with other body parts. Just like, that's like a meta-Frankenstein monster waiting to happen. Happy birthday, Chris! Frankenstein monster! All right, I'm not. I'm not sure if that was a whale song or, or <laughs> what that was. That was me. That was your birthday present. I learned how to do a whale song for you. Oh, that was that's... me singing "Happy Birthday" to you in a whale song. How's that present supposed to make me have any kind of an orgasm? Thanks. Oh wait, do it one more time. <laughs> I can't. I'm choking on my spit. Mm. It doesn't sound like what a whale would say. <laughs> are you wait? Are you a whale doing a human voice? Because that would be really amazing. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm into it. I'm all into it. Uh, I'd like to thank a new sponsor to this episode of the Nurse Podcast, Shutterstock.com. Shutterstock is a place where you can find the perfect video for your next creative project, whether a website or an advertisement or multimedia presentation. They have over 700,000 high-quality stock video clips, 2D animations, 3D motion graphics, whatever you need. Um, A variety of formats, HD, maybe whale videos, maybe whales impersonating humans and just (laughs) going to school to try to... You're the big kid in the back. (laughs) You, the slick big kid in the back. Do it. They're not doing it. You, the bald, slick no kid. No whale song for you. Standing in the back with You're the puddle. You're spoiled. Come up to the board. <laughs> no, that's not a very good whale song. Nope, I guess I can't do it the way you did. 
But Shutterstock uh, gives you all the assets you need to take your creative projects to the next level. You can sort by category, resolution, contributor, uh, clips, whatever. You save them to a clip box, and then you can view them anytime and share them with your team members. And they have amazing customer service, 24-hour customer support throughout the week, and super flexible pricing. So... If you need any kind of video assets, go to Shutterstock.com, get a free account, no credit card needed. Uh, once you decide to purchase, you can use the offer code NERDIST11, and then new accounts will get 30% off any package. That's Shutterstock.com, 30% off new accounts, offer code NERDIST11. Now, this episode of the Nerdist Podcast is The Hives, who are, you may know, as an awesome uh, Swedish uh, garage rock band. Garage rock band? What am I, 11 years old? Uh, but they're great. I love the Hives, and they were playing at the Wiltern, and so we sort of took a shot. And we were like, hey, you got, hey, the Hives, would you like to be on the Nerds Podcast? And they said yes in um, in Swedish. Well, I think that's what they said. I don't know. We showed up, and they didn't ask us to leave in any language, so I guess that worked out all right. And then we're going to attack a song from that show on the end of the podcast, but really nice, guys. I'm really interested to hear about the Swedish rock scene, so uh, this is it, the Nerds Podcast, episode uh, number 287 with the Hives. Enjoy, everybody. Whoa, fuck, whale! I, I mean, actually, I, I actually mean you're very thin. <laughs> oh, God, you're being a shit. What? You're being a shit. Now entering Nerdist.com. Uh, we can re- oh grab the mic. Let's say you walked from Hello. you walked from here to Beverly Hills. Yes, I did. You walked from the Wiltern Theater. I'm part of a primitive people, you know. We have that's our only mode of transportation. <laughs> you're, a pedest- you're a pedestrian culture. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we are not a pedestrian culture in Los Angeles. I have noticed. And the funny thing to me is when you go to New York and people go, well, "How far is that thing?" You're like, "Yeah, it's like 15 blocks." And you go, "It's no big deal." In Los Angeles, if you say something is three blocks away, people are like, "Well, fuck, I'm not going there. Why would yeah. I walk three blocks?" Uh, also, some of these blocks here are insane. Like, <laughs> one block will be the Warner lot or something, and it keeps going yes. for hours. <laughs> no one's gonna. This is not a well-planned city. I don't think anyone's gonna argue that 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 anyone had, there was any grand design when they built Los Angeles. No, but that's also kind of what's neat about it. I really like that. Do you like playing in Los? Do you guys like playing in Los Angeles? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. We really like. Oh, it. Always had really good shows here. Oh, good. And a lot of good. Ty- yeah, great crowds and and good times. That's good because sometimes the complaint about Los Angeles is that because there are so many like industry people and performer types here that sometimes they get a little like yeah people say that about a lot of big cities but I don't know I don't really feel that way at least not we always had great like super excited kids at our shows in Los Angeles I think but your shows are energetic so like I think I think we poke them in the eye enough so that they start reacting smack them around (laughs) and poke them. They would have to be assholes not to have a good time at your show. Yeah. But isn't that what you meant when you said industry people, though? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> I think it was pretty clear. I remember the first time, or like one of the earliest times when we were here, like, oh, Los Angeles, this is so cool, we're in Los Angeles. And we were going to, I think you and me were going to like, let's go to Guitar Center. It's on the street. <laughs> yeah. And we were at like the Grafton or like the Marquee or somewhere up there. And then like, 
it's on the same street. Like, oh, <laughs> you yeah. just start walking. Oh, that is a long really walk. Forever. <laughs> that is a. That and is it's a, also a bizarre walk because it's like you get to a block and it's like, oh, here's where the subway and the McDonald's and the, you know, the Taco Bell is. So we know what that is. Then we keep walking. And then we get like four blocks later, you get to another block where there's a subway. The same exact. Taco Bell and, <laughs> and McDonald's. Like, you know. So you feel like you kind of, it's like, it's all repeating, like Sisyphus. Yeah, yes, it is, it, is a Sisyph- it is a Sisyphean effort to live in Los Angeles and then constantly see the same. At least if you're walking. <laughs> yeah, but, but, then, but most towns where you go to now, like so much of America, I'm actually kind of interested to find out like, what, it's like in your, what it's like in your home country, where in America, a lot of cities were revitalized by these weird little plazas being built of like a Starbucks and then a Chili's and then mm. a Walmart, you know, and like kind of running all the small individually owned businesses out of town. That's happening in Sweden. Is yeah. it? Now. Oh, really? It's yes. getting worse and worse. Like all the shops, small shops have to close down and, and they're just building. It happened faster in like, because uh, in, in Sweden it happened faster in clothing and, uh, and Ikea, like clothing and furniture. Yeah. Like Ikea, I think, took over the furniture bit and then H&M took over the clothing bit. It has, hasn't happened as much, but there's still most cof- cafes and stuff are still owned by yeah, people. Yeah, but now, I mean, they're, they're building like malls and stuff outside the cities. Okay. Yeah. All the small shops, even if it's the same, you know, same shop, same right. brand, people won't, you know, people will still go to the, you know, they can get their furniture and clothes <laughs> and liquor at the same one time. Stop. Yeah, one really? stop. Really? The furniture liquor clothing store? Well, not one store, but one stop. Please, it's in the same parking. Please tell me that, that all the... Do all the IKEA names actually mean anything? Or are those made-up words for dumb Americans that sound Swedish? <coughs> no, most of them actually mean something. Or are names or close yeah, names. A lot of Swedish names. Yeah, are they? Okay. Like, yeah. A lot of person's names. Yeah. Bjarne. Like, that's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it'll be like a bookshelf or something. We named him after the um, we named the armoire after him. Yeah, but I don't know what else. Like, I don't know. Maybe there are made-up names, but I think most of them are either sound like places, maybe places that don't exist, or people. Yeah, I, I hope this doesn't sound like a ridiculous, ridiculous question. But do you feel like the infusion of IKEA into American culture has helped? Americans appreciate Sweden more in a weird way or has it helped you guys kind of burrow a little bit more into the fabric of American culture? I think so. I mean, it's a really... I try to stay out of Ikea stuff in my house. (laughs) But it's the best way of like, if you need furniture for like your first apartment, there's no cheaper, better way of doing it. A lot of those like moving away from home boxes where you have... Like one box with all the cutleries and plates and glasses and everything. Yeah, all, one. all the measurements yeah. and pots and pans. Knives and yeah, it's all done. You just walk into them. They have those. Uh, they have those room setups at yeah. IKEA. You're like, I'll take, take that. that. Can you just put that in my house? Yeah, and then I'll be. I done. remember room and a cutlery kit. Yeah, when we were when we were young, when our, all our first like our, our first older friends that moved from home. Yeah. We'd move to this place, like it was up on a hill in our hometown, there were a few tall buildings where they gave you a cut deal, like they gave you a good deal if you were under 25. Okay. So you could move there, and then everybody bought the same kit that was like a bookshelf, (laughs) and there was like this weird table with tile on it, and a huge couch in like fake 
ox blood leather couch <laughs> and everybody pretty much had the same setup it was just sometimes it, you walk into an apartment and it's mirrored yes so the couch is on the other wall but everybody had the same apartment and the same furniture we i feel like we had a version of that in america too it was that same kind of it looked a little industrial because it was like unfinished wood mm -hmm. and then like the same kind of futon and the same kind of <laughs> entertainment center bookshelf with the with that metal bracket in the back uh, you yeah. know it's like your entire dining your entire living room furniture set for like three hundred dollars yeah which is a good deal you know and, and when you move when you move to your first apartment i kind of feel like you're not supposed to have that much money it's probably good not to <laughs> It's probably better. But I, I want to know, what. how did you guys break out of, like, what was it that kind of helped you break into the American music scene? Because you guys have been around for a while. There's, like, there was some iteration of your band that goes back to, like, 89, right? No, not really. Uh, 92, 92? I think, like, year zero. Yeah. Which is, when, but we were, like, in, in 1989, we were too young to, I think, maybe one, some of us were fiddling with guitars or something. Yeah, I guess you were like you played like Guns N' Roses or Shadow songs or something maybe. Yeah, I mean we all I guess we had we we didn't have bands back then though. We had dads with guitars. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, I think all of us pretty much had dads. Yeah. Except maybe Matt. He had a dad that was interested in music but didn't play. But all the others there were like guitars lying around the house. What's the sort of typical Swedish family unit like? It's two point one kids. Yeah. 2.2 maybe at this point <laughs> and like um, uh, mom and dad Volvo and dog I think it's pretty you know it's been or at least it was when we were kids I think it's pretty similar now it's the same yeah I've never Sweden is one place that I've always really 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 wanted to go and I've never never been you should go it's fun what what are some good places where, where, where was it it's more about a time of year you need to go like spring summer yeah actually this summer was awful totally terrible but that's when you should go, and then it's really beautiful and, and pretty and like picture. Because there's such short summers, everything is super green. Yeah. So it looks like Narnia or Lord of the Rings-ish <laughs> kind of greenery, but also with some nice sunshine. Just long enough when everything just kind of melts away for a second. And, and then it starts just, raining and it becomes right. autumn happens. <laughs> what a, what a, should I go to stock? Where should I go? Stockholm's nice. Yeah. You should actually kind of go if you want to see Swedishness. You should go to yeah. where uh, Vidilante lives. A little bit. I mean, you can. You you would go to Stockholm, spend a few days there, and then maybe go up a little bit up north. I think. Okay. It's more beautiful than. I mean, south is beautiful too, but I. Yeah. I, I don't north know. is more specifically Sweden. Yeah. The south kind of looks like Denmark. Yeah, or it could be England or. Can a stupid American with very limited language skills get around all right in, in it's Sweden? It's really easy. Everybody loves to speak English. That is They're very ecstatic. good for us. If they meet someone, especially an American, they'll be really excited. Really? Like, wow. I want to talk to you. I'm always afraid to tell you're everyone that really, I'm American when I travel really abroad. Popular, right? Like people love. <laughs> I'm afraid. To I'm afraid to admit that I'm American when I travel abroad because I'm going to be like, oh, you guys. No, but it's still like you know everybody grew up on American TV and stuff. Yeah. Well, what really? What like what shows? What you guys get? When we were kids, like you know that V for Victory of course. show, McCahan. Uh, what else do we have? <coughs> Dallas. You got huge. Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Dallas. Fal Dallas Fal 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 Falcon Crest. Falcon Crest. I mean, Dynasty. <laughs> we had all Crest that shit. Got fucking Falcon Crest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the 80s, like all that stuff, like American soaps were so big, because Sweden was sort of, you know, it. it, it 
had a history of being a, a socialist country, and it still has a lot of socialist ideals, I think. Yeah. Uh, but also, we're very intrigued by like Dallas, that all these like rich assholes running around throwing sure. money at each other. I think it really like wow, it opened people's <laughs> eyes to That's a different world. <laughs> it was super popular. Like yeah. there were eight million people in Sweden li living in Sweden at the time, and at least two million watched Dallas every week. Oh my god! It was so it was big. Huge. I mean, we didn't have. A, I mean, when when American TV started, you know, this, I guess maybe in like in. The, they, they like in the 80s it kind of exploded and, and yeah. all those series got huge like because uh, I mean the TV we had in the past was pretty boring stuff you know we had two channels yeah run by channel the one channel two that's it yeah so when we were younger we only had it was only the, the two channels yeah no commercials no nothing and they would like buy in Dallas or Falcon Crest or whatever. Yeah. And you know, but you're without it. commercials, so you'd get yeah. really confused. Every once in a while, it just go black and then go, yeah. come up back again. <laughs> you didn't. Which ones were like no insert clue. commercial here? Like what I, happened? I thought it was like a like a, a trick to make it more excited. Like yeah, <laughs> like it went <laughs> yeah. black for a bit, and, yeah. then, and, and then only would later that. would you realize that that's where they put the commercials. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious! Did they was the show subtitled or did they dub? Did they dub in Swedish? Subtitled. Subtitled. No, I think no. that's how we all learned to speak English. From just watching movies and, you know, watching movies and having it subtitled all the time. Because yeah. you can kind of hear it and you see and you start to recognize. I remember being in the UK with my, with my mom and dad and then it was subtitled in English. And I would ask about these words. Like, that's kind of how you learned. I mean, a lot of Swedes are very good at speaking English. If you go to a lot of other European countries, they're not very good at it at all. Like. No. Holland and Sweden are the countries where they're by far the best at speaking English in yeah. Europe. And that's because there was no dubbing. It was subtitles. Well, and, and also, you know, I feel like... <laughs> Plus, it's weird. Like, you come to... We were in France on holiday once. And, like, MacGyver shows up and goes... <laughs> like, that's not... And there's, like, in Germany, they ran into problems when Al Pacino died. Or uh, rather, Al Pacino's voice died. Right. So they had to hire another one because Al Pacino was still making movies. Like, <laughs> so his voice changed from one movie yeah. to the next. This is Jonah Ray. Hey. Hey, welcome, Jonah Ray. It's got to be a good. Start over. Okay, we're gonna start over. Um, these guys are We've in a band called the Hives. The Hives. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, no, I'm sure Jonah knows. Hi. It. Hi. This Jonah, nice to meet you. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah is uh, is the biggest music nerd on the podcast. So no, it's not saying much with the other two guys. Hey, come on. What? No, that's true. Yes, it is. No, that's that's, a good, that's actually true. Um, sorry, there was uh, many parking, horrible. But I uh, blocked in Herbie Hancock for a bit. Rocket. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's I was awesome. getting angry. Just <laughs> trying to pull out, and I was just like, "What the fuck? These guys fucking come on, come on!" And, and then like uh, the security comes up, he's all, "Do you mind pulling back so Herbie Hancock can get out of here?" I was like, "Wow, nah, I'm fine with that." Was Herbie Hancock playing this birthday party? I think it's a graduation. It's a graduation. Yeah. What? Herbie Hancock's playing a graduation? It's Los Angeles. That's it happened happens. seconds yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just pulled out. Was the graduation just like the little mannequin legs walking back and forth? <laughs> I fucking love that. That's video. the Herbie Hancock that we like. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> There's some other stuff he did that uh, you know. My there was dad more was a big like bebop jazz fan. Yeah, it's hard to get around when you were a kid. <laughs> there's there's more bad than good. Is there really? <laughs> nah, well, no. now there's a whole graduation soundtrack. Exactly. Did you get to meet Herbie Hancock? No, no, just saw his car and his driver. Did well, you take his parking space? No, no, he was just there blocking it up. <laughs> you have a lot of anger for Herbie Hancock. If right your now. career yeah, is kind of going downhill, which I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I don't know much about Herbie Hancock's career, but he's playing at graduation. It's all I know. Sure. And. I don't. I feel like it's been a while since he had a huge hit. Right. 
but he probably has a really big audience. You know, he'll play Norway and a couple of thousand people show up. Right. A thousand maybe. But at what point in, when your career kind of starts going down, do you stop having a driver? I think maybe it's one of those things where I, I or think do you think the graduation, the people that booked the party booked a driver for Herbie? They may have booked a driver for him. Okay, that Although makes sense. I do think that he doesn't have like a live-in butler driver. He guy. might. Some of those guys, you know, like if, if you hit the music industry and wrote a few hit songs, like in the seventies, eighties, yeah. like when yeah. music business was really when juicy. You made, juicy. You might still have that shit. When you made money off of music. Yeah, exactly. yeah you invested yeah. it in properties. <laughs> yeah, and, you yeah. Know, and everything you know, went pretty well. You have listen, to invest it in a posse. I think that's the best way to do if it. If you have a swing, invested in a posse like MC Hammer. Yeah, exactly. Like just that worked out well. Fifty yeah, people. That, that worked, worked out, out so really well. Is it, it, but if you if you get used to those kind of weird creature comforts at a certain point, you might sacrifice everything just to still have a butler and a driver because yeah. you just still psychologically. He might not even drive. It might be actually be that good to have a butler and a driver. It could we, be yeah, really good. None of us I know, know. I take it. You guys oh. don't know. We don't. We don't. Uh, we don't know either. We do not have butlers. Oh. But we're Swedish. We get nervous if people like, you know, people place a bar of soap. Take the wrapping mm. off the bar of soap in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> get nervous, like, like. You have to work. You, do, you don't have to work for me. No, <laughs> please. Yeah. I feel that way about uh, bathroom attendants. Yeah, when there's a guy there just to like give you, you know, a towel. I opt to just not wash my hands because rather than <laughs> have to deal with him, I don't want to have to go through it and then tip him for something I would so do you, on my own. You put your you put your gross like dick laden hands on everything. Because How gross is your dick that you're so worried about touching other people well, when you touch I yours? I still don't like Good the point. idea of someone <laughs> touching their junk and then just putting their hands out into the world because they have some weird social hang up with bathroom Well, it's attendance. actually possible to go to the bathroom as a guy and not use your hands. <laughs> it's just a dance you have to do <laughs> just to get it to, out. You just have to... Yeah. No, but I mean, it's not like if you're taking your pants off, the penis is not the first thing you touch, I guess. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, unless you want to have an awesome time, then it is. Well, there is yeah. that. Um, what is happening in 1993? What's happening in, in, in music in, in Sweden that kind of inspired you guys to, to start playing? I think what inspired us what, what wasn't happening. Yeah. I think we felt that awesome music was missing in this era of like uh, shoegazing indie pop and, and I guess grunge. Oh yeah. And we thought it could we it could be more fun than this was what also, we felt I think. Also growing up in a you know small shitty town in with the longest winters in the world, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good way to spend some off time. What was the uh, and like the fun of just playing electric guitar yeah. as loud as you can. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> Still, to this day, it's one of, you know. Is it true that you guys tried to send uh, stuff over to Recess Records uh, to be put out? Uh, like Probably. Yeah. yeah, we sent a bunch of stuff to yeah. a bunch of labels that we thought put out, like, punk stuff. Yeah, it was good. I mean, there was a, there was a lot of good stuff that started coming out, like, around the same time you guys got going mm -hmm. in Sweden. A lot of good. Like, uh, it was uh, the garage scene, but also, like, a lot of good just punk and hardcore was coming out of the Scandinavian yeah. countries. And that's kind of the bands we would play with, because that was... The only people that were doing shows were punk and hardcore bands and maybe metal bands. Like, um, So we'd play with them, pretty much, and... So I think a lot of people just thought we were a pretty crappy hardcore band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we weren't trying to play hardcore punk, but it was fast enough so people kind of, you know, you know, they're pretty good. It's like fast and energetic and stuff, but I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I think that there was a lot of misunderstandings about what we were trying claps. to do. Yeah. How long did it take you 
before you started figuring out, oh, okay, this is who we are, and this is what our point of view is, and this is what we do? Well, I think that it kind of happened in two, like maybe around 97, we found some sort of a sound or what we wanted to do, and and kind of, you know, you know, sound and stage-wise, and what the band was, what we wanted to do, and then like I think in like '99 or so, we wrote a bunch of songs that we felt were like this is pretty perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you know, is that what would become the uh, Veni Vidicious record? Yeah, I feel like we felt like there was a breakthrough. There was a few songs that we wrote for the first record. Barely legal. Yeah, for Barely Legal, there was like AKI.V and Here We Go Again, and maybe like uh, Hey Lail Spin Rule, and they felt kind of different from the other songs. Was it then. a choice of maybe just slowing it down a bit? Kind of, yeah. A little bit, maybe. Yeah. Or you yeah. just polish it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. How is it that when. People playing the second chorus twice, stuff like that. <laughs> Just adding that other 30 <laughs> seconds yeah, exactly. to a slow <laughs> song. Which made it because people don't take it like, no matter how good a song that's a minute and 30 long is, people don't take it seriously. Which is sort of a bummer because there's some pretty brilliant music. Like, and also the album length, like, there was a lot, we got a lot of shit in the early days for like, well, you can't put out a record that's only 27 minutes long. And we're like, excuse me, First Ramones, Rain in Blood by Slayer. Like, what's wrong with those records? I think they're pretty good, you know. I like a short record. I don't like a record that, like, sticks around too long. I like to be able to, because I like the turnover rate. I like to be able to just keep on listening through. I think, yeah. the, I think the important thing with anything, whether it be a, 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 jo- a, a comedy joke or a video or a song, is like, it should just be as exactly long as it needs to be. And if it only needs to be a minute 31, then that's how long it should be. Yeah. And it, the, just, it feels weird to tag on more. But it was easier in the past, because, like, uh, you know, you only had, was it like an hour tops right. on a record? A record was like you 45 could, minutes yeah, or something. You could do, I mean, you can do a double CD. But these days, when people only release it digital, yeah. they just keep adding songs. Like, it'll be like <laughs> 40 songs on the, on the album. <laughs> right. Yeah. And also, I think it kind of, and then, like, from album, like, vinyl album, which is, like, you know, it's fun to listen to and stuff, then CD came, and then, because people always feel like they need to do all that you technically can, and then you let, like, a 70-minute record, but you still have to put out one every two years. Yeah. So then you stretch the ideas you get in two years to 70 minutes instead of 45, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, kind of just becomes a bummer. It's just lingering on. Does the idea of an album release still, does it, I wonder sometimes, does it really mean anything? Like when we have friends who release comedy records and they go, this is the release day. Is it like, does that really mean anything anymore? Or is it just like, yeah, fuck it, just put it out. Hey, it means something to us. Like it, it's a sense of accomplishment. Sure. Like we finished another one. Yay, it's great. Yay. You know, there is that. And I think that people, well, there is a release date because there is a date before which you can't hear it. Right. That still happens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that it is impossible. Before it exists. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, there is a point to something. That there's 12 new songs, you know. Are, is, there, is there still, uh, is there enough radio support now? or is Because a lot of the radio stations... There always be more. Yeah, I of think. course. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I wonder, like, I don't really listen to a lot of... Ter- I don't really listen to terrestrial radio anymore. And I wonder, like, what station would I listen to now? Like, there's so many... So much... Because I worked at K-Rock in the 90s, but... 
but so much of the like the breaking music is now it doesn't really seem to be happening on radio anymore unless it's no, like that's probably true. Yeah, I mean there are shows on. I mean I can only speak for Los Angeles rock radio, uh, but like you know there are shows Steve that Jones. You, well Steve Jones Steve Jones then, is amazing. His show is great. Then right after that you got Rodney, Rodney. and uh, Joe Sip from Wax has a show on uh, ninety eight seven. And, you know, there are like there's shows on the stations that mm-hmm. you can go to. You can tune in to find new music. But is it hard that, to just turn on a station and leave it on all day? Or what are you saying? It's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I there's like three stations I go throughout. I mean, like Jack, uh, which is just kind of anything. So just uh, a weird playlist. Yeah. And then um, oh, and then there's K-Rock and and sometimes they'll they'll surprise you. But most of the time, it's really just 90s to like maybe early 2000s specific rock radio and doesn't and there's like the occasional like they'll play goatee a lot you know yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, that, uh, it's, sometimes it feels like they add one song per year a little bit yeah and, and it's it's, a, a, it's kind of like it's an only station that plays modern music yeah and i've and but I've, i don't like, know like i feel like it's we you know we ran into this a lot like where we we make an album and come back and then like yeah you know then we come to the city and then like yeah you know the radio station used to play you a lot here Turn into Spanish talk radio. Or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The radio station used to play a lot here. It's now Christian. Yeah. Or, you know, all these things that were. How do you turn it into? Do you buy the building or just the frequency or is it the same staff? They, people you work they the buy the station. Like station groups come in and they'll buy the station, the, you know, like the mm-hmm. that FM, say the frequency. And then. They just reprogram it. They they just put in a whole different staff, and you know, might be the same sales. It would be weird if you're like, yeah, I used to play the hives on the radio. Now it's Christian music. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's Los Hives. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, do do you this? This is I I apologize. This is a dumb question. Do you record Swedish versions of your albums as as well, or do you? No, no, no. We we never really we sang we tried singing in Swedish for a bit in the beginning. Yeah. But it wasn't that we, you know. <coughs> I guess we started out listening to, to a lot of Swedish punk. Yeah. So the f- the, f- the I mean the first thing we did was you know, play we played Swedish punk. Yeah. What were some of those bands? Did they ever like uh, break? I mean, because I know Burning they Heart, didn't. which was basically European epitaph, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But they didn't yeah. really have. There was more like the skate scene, you know, more hardcore, this, yeah, yeah, hardcore, and and they sang in English. But I think this was before all that. The whole, you know, yeah. that skate thing happened. Yeah. Well, there are some of them that are really popular. Like if you go into punk record stores in Los Angeles, there are guys that are like, Asta Kask, that's awesome. And like yeah. all these Swedish bands that we listen to as kids. Because it kind of becomes more exciting, I guess, or becomes rarer because it's in Swedish and stuff. Yeah. And will ask us specific things about the lyrics, <laughs> whatever they're about <laughs> and stuff. It's some like a punk store on like Melrose or Fairfax or something. There's still one on Melrose, yeah. Yeah, I think that's Headline. the guy. He loves like Swedish and Swedish crust punk is big, but and they can you know that you kind of can't hear what they're singing anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of just cool that they're singing in Swedish. It don't never it never fails to fascinate me that for for bands like yourselves where English is a second language, mm-hmm. and uh, but your songs there's really no trace of any foreign accent to us. Like it sounds. If I if That's I didn't good. if I if I wasn't aware <laughs> if I didn't know anything about you guys I, I and I found out like those guys are from Sweden I wouldn't have you know like. There's something funny about like when 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 Europeans or when they sing, they can have the thickest accent and so be like, "Hey everybody, I'm." Co-. I think that's just maybe singing, or it's just the but early influences of American rock and roll that still. I think that's probably it. Like I think that sounds cooler when Iggy Pop sings than when Paul Weller sings or whatever. So <laughs> right. therefore, it kind of becomes an American accent. But also like. It's what they call in the U.S. They call the Nashville accent, right? Like when everybody sings, they have the same accent. 
Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Unless you're really going like Midwestern or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Which is what Iggy Pop sounds like when he's not singing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He kind of does it when he's singing too. <laughs> a little bit. Like there's some kind of Midwestern twang that you get in like Dead Boys and stuff. Yeah, like dog. Yeah. yeah. Is there ever going to be a, a Hives country album at some point? Is there, is there any kind of, is there any country in there? We had a big country interest, uh, especially Nicholas, the other guitar player, was really interested or I guess fascinated by like new Nashville country. Yeah. In, in maybe 10 years ago or something. Yeah. Like he would listen to Martina McBride and stuff mm-hmm. like that and laugh the lyrics or whatever. <laughs> but he, was, <laughs> he loved it, but there was also like some kind of smirk going on. Sure, there. yeah. And uh, Shania Twain and all that. But I feel like that was sort of the golden era of that music. Yeah. Now it sounds like, you know, they try to inco- they're so desperate, they incorporate everything to get a hit. They'll be like str- rapping. Of course. Yeah heavy metal guitars yep. it's like you can still call it a country record if you put a cowboy hat on it but it sounds like Nickelback with CeeLo yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I don't even understand that I, I think maybe a couple of years ago I, I was kind of flipping channels and I'm like hey, you know I'll watch the country music awards I'm just curious that's I don't know great. that's so amazing and you watch it and you're like show. there's not one country song in this entire no. fucking show there's no and also to I me the subject matter though still country it's all like horses truck horse <laughs> yeah beer yeah Ladies. Chicks, yeah, yeah, and um, but being Christian about it. But I, that's hands. that's mainly. <laughs> and what's the with Taylor Swift and her? Just, that's just pop songs. Yeah, yeah. It's pop songs. That's just pop songs. She's talking about like. Is losing she from a Nashville? Is that what they call? Why they call it country or something? I think that's like her earliest stuff was like just Christian country, and then you know someone just finds her and says, "Well, you're really attractive, and you got a voice, and sing these pop songs and make yeah. billions of dollars." Yeah, I mean, but the difference with her songs, opposed to most pop songs, is the amount, the sheer amount of words in them. Yeah, that's is that true, a country yeah. thing? It I must be. Sing a lot of words. I just, I love that old kind of Waylon Jennings stuff, yeah. which is really just, it's just kind of greasy and sad, and you know, and even if you go further back, like Ray, like Ray Price, like really fucking yeah, sad yeah. country songs. I, I really that. like that stuff. What's that guy? With the cigarettes on the album cover. Uh, Tex Williams. Tex Williams, yeah. That stuff's good. Uh, but there's some awesome um, Porter Wagoner stuff, mm-hmm. especially his stuff where he sings, like that song Rubber Room. That, no. That's amazing. It's really great. It's about him going insane. It's got a country song about going insane and it, how they, they audially try to make him sound insane by adding reverb at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so you're supposed to hear that he's in a rubber room. That's really it's funny. It's really good. And then there, he has that other thing, what would you do? It, it's like, what would you do if Jesus came to visit you? Oh, would wait you a minute. Would you hide those like porn magazines and stuff like that? That sounds it's, really it's familiar. Great. It's really that great. Really and something we should really all think about, you guys. Like, what would <laughs> yeah, we do? Well, yeah, well, so yeah. if you think about a lot of that early, <laughs> even like the Johnny Cash era of just like, you know, country style music getting started, there was still like, they were all on speed. Yeah. And like, you know, it was, it's like, like you were saying, it just Which kind of made it awesome. Yeah, exactly. They were sad and on speed. Yeah, they're on <laughs> speed and they're playing that slow. Holy shit. Well, yeah, That's a lot of concentration. It's not that they were playing slow, it's that they were playing for 36 straight hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They, they got all that the weird momentum. practice in and they're making everything. Yeah. To, yeah, but that stuff, like old country music is. It, you know that's obviously awesome like that's there's some really great stuff there's there. a really interesting cover of i've had for like it's just a bootleg i mean maybe they released it but it's it's got to be like over 10 years old but it's radiohead covering rhinestone cowboy by glenn campbell mm-hmm. and it really it's like they don't really 
it, they do it a little kind of like earlier Radiohead style, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted to hear it dip more into country, but just hearing Tom, you're like, like a rhinestone cowboy. Oh, like, it's not, like, it almost works. It Glenn almost Campbell is great, too. This is the smoothest music I know. Fucking Galveston and, oh, my God. Maybe one of these days you'll, you'll cover a, a Glenn Campbell song. We play that song Highwayman. Oh, nice. Highwayman. That kind of had all the country heroes in it. Yeah. Uh, you guys, I, I heard you just played Vegas last night? Yeah. How's Vegas? Oh, Ve- sorry. No, yeah, you no, go. No, I just remembered something. And I what? Just, no, you guys are on tour right now with Fiddler. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They're a great band. Yeah, great band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I, uh, I grew up with the, uh, the, the main kid. Zach? Is yeah. that the main kid? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, a wine? Yeah, yeah. Jonah's from Hawaii. I'm from Hawaii, yeah, cool. so he's here. But like, yeah, oh, that's great. I'm just, I, I was excited when I heard he was on. You guys were on tour with them. They're great. It, it's pretty great. Yeah. How about how? What's we, great is like they, he is from Hawaii, and therefore we kind of thought he looked Hawaiian, but he's actually Japanese Irish. Yeah, but that's <laughs> pretty much kind of made him people, look. It made him look Hawaiian. That's pretty much what all Hawaiian people look like, though. That's like he looks like every kid I ever grew up. Yeah. With. yeah. So you're just a weird anomaly because you're Portuguese. Yeah. Well, no, it's just I took like my brother looks like he's from Hawaii. I just look white. I just look white. So that's why you had to get out. Uh, yeah, exactly. you were ostracized by the Hawaiian community. Yeah. Two other country artists I feel we should name, mention is sure. Dale Watson, who's been a favorite of ours for a long time. You know him? No. He's like, uh, well, he's not like mainstream country, but he's really awesome. Yeah. Super great. Or like Dale Watson? <coughs> more of, in that sort of Waylon Jennings style. Okay. So people should listen to him. He has like a million albums out. He's from Austin. It's really great. Oh, that's awesome. And then... There's a Swedish country artist who's like does like all that trucking like trucking songs. Yeah, it's horrible in English. Calls himself Red Jenkins, <laughs> and he has the thickest accent. And we would listen to like his seven inches. We would put them on mixtapes, and they show up every once in a while. It's like he sings about America too, like about trucking in America because he's such a fan of that music. But it's like. And then I drove closer to the Macon City Lights. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, you didn't drive there at all. No, you never been. <laughs> Pretty sure. Is there? It was Borlenge or some. He had the mood or something. Well, before I ask you about Vegas, it, what, so is, is the what's the sort of cultural temperature uh, in Sweden? Is there kind of that? Is there a region that is analogous to the South in America? Well. There are more. There are places that are like more backwaters. Or you mean like, sure. or do you mean like south as in like backwaters yet wealthy? Well, <laughs> well, now there is no, there is some of that. But I just mean that sort of like that sort of southern ideal. That so like really because proud to be national pride. Well, where he lives is sort of like that. Yeah. There's a lot I think of it's, like, I think you have that, but it's more spread out. It can be up north. It could be south. Yeah. It's, it's more about. You know, towns or certain areas around Sweden, I think. Yeah. Is there a cultural clash between what you said, what was kind of classically sort of a socialist ideal, and then what I imagine would be kind of, you know, uh, um, like a Texan, like like like, of... like an emerging kind of anti movement to that for like a little more? Well, no, there's not a big anti movement, not really. Like I think that the the thing with with the what what happened with socialism in Sweden was that it kind of. It did really well. Everybody loved it, and it made everybody kind of, you know, everybody has an okay life. Yeah. And there's, like, a big social safety net, and most people do fine, and, you know, schools are good and all that, which meant that two generations later, people are used to this, and then all they want is a little bit of a bigger, keep a little bit more of their paycheck. (laughs) So And then they're like, what the fuck happened with the school? What the fuck happened with the hospital? Like... 
I just wanted more money. And then, you know, so it's kind of a, it's in a, I think that's more what happened. I don't think culturally there's a lot of people that are opposed to it. Well, there's more, there's a lot of people that are like, if I own this lake, I want to build a house in it. I can build a house in my lake. Right. But that's not kind of the way it works in Sweden. There's a lot of, you can't really, like you can walk on people's lawns and stuff. Like you can't shoot people if they walk in your lawn. <laughs> 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 Crazy idea. Sounds like know. no country I want to be a part of. <laughs> so there's no like stand your ground law. There's this is my th- property. What? That's all I needed. Well, I think there are people that get mad if you walk on their property, but they can't really legally do anything about it. No. I don't think you're allowed to walk on the lawn, though. But uh, but you can w- walk on, on land. land that, yeah. yeah. So most most Swedish most Swedish people do not own guns. It is it is, it is not a fire. No, not really. Not a firearm. Which is sort of like you know. It, I just kind of recently, or like a few years ago, found out what the idea is. You know, the carrying gun. I get the whole like one minute man thing, and you know. But now that it's like. Well, if I don't have a gun, I can't protect myself. The upside of no one having a gun is that if somebody gets mad at you, he'll hit you in the face. Right. And he'll hurt. <laughs> but he probably won't shoot you dead. <laughs> right. So if no one has a gun, there's less reason to carry a gun. I think that's the difference. And I think also your weather prevents people from really going out and getting into too much trouble in the outside world for a large part of the year. I wouldn't say so. No? It's part of the vodka belt, you know. There's heavy <laughs> drinking going on. There's heavy drinking and a lot of fisticuffs, moonship. Yeah. How was it? So I want to hear about the Vegas show last night. Um, the story that I heard was that everyone ended up in the pool after the show. Yeah. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was weird playing. We never played a pool party. <laughs> it looked no. like, it, it looked like we, an outdoor show. We never played a pool party uh, overlooking the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> right. Well, not a, in France. An Eiffel Tower. The real yeah. Eiffel. Oh no, it's a, not the real Eiffel. A Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah. You, I wonder when they when they first built the Eiffel Tower, it probably never occurred to them like there's going to be another one of these somewhere yeah, on an day. eighth scale. <laughs> but but Vegas is probably like our our light guy said this, and I think it might be true that Vegas is, you know, when our civilization is gone, Vegas is the f- best archaeological dig. Yeah, like it says the most about our culture that it's like kind of like a greatest hits of Earth, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> made out of plastic and papier mâché. <laughs> it really is like the control panel for yeah. the world. <laughs> Every little piece is like this is how New York. We need yeah. some Venice. <laughs> some Venice right here. Right here. Yeah. Uh, I never thought about it. See, Vegas to me is just such a. I don't know. I just I feel creepy being there because it's it, it's so excessive in every way. And yeah. We, you know, in our in our culture, we are we're we're sort of taught to believe like you can do whatever you want there, and it doesn't matter, and it's like it doesn't count. It doesn't count yeah. in a weird sort of well, way. Well, something to be said that you can just walk outside drinking. That can't happen in many other places in the country. You can walk outside. Yeah, you can walk outside drinking at any hour of the day. You just be on the sidewalk drinking. No it's one insane. will say anything to you. Uh. But you they guys, will say things like, "Can I have a dollar?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to go to this casino? What where, 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 was your show at the Paris? Where, where was it? Uh, no, it was at the Cosmopolitan. Oh, the Cosmopolitan. A pool that is overlooking that Eiffel Tower and the Paris Casino. Yeah. Kind of. It was really, really kind of cool. Like it's bizarre because it's not set up to be like a concert venue, so the crowd is really far away in a pool. Yeah. But it also kind of made you know I'll remember it. 
<laughs> and it was great, like really great crowd. And I think a lot of people travel there from other places and stuff. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's really, it's a really fascinating place from, you know, growing up in Sweden, like we talked about it, sort of have leaning towards socialism like that. It's the polar opposite pretty much of how we grew up. Of course. Which is sort of, it's interesting, you know. It's, uh, it's, I mean, there are things about it that are kind of like, eh, uh, do I really want to be a part of this? But it's also like, as long as you can lie by a pool and people serve you beer, yeah, and it's sunny, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? The seedy stuff is going on somewhere else. If you could have been a rock star in any kind of era, what, which era would you, would you want it to be? Because I think those stories are just like, yeah, old Elvis, you know, they'd put him on the top floor of Caesars and he'd shoot holes in the ceiling yeah, with his exactly. gun and then they'd bring him girls and pills and, you know, does that, does that, does that, does that whole... I era? think it would be really great if it was like in the... I guess it would have to... Because I think air travel sucked for a lot of that time. Sure. <laughs> but I think that it would be really great to... Maybe the 80s. Maybe the 80s seemed <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 80s seem great, actually. Yeah, still like, and there's a, just enough technology, but still shit tons of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's rich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but the 80s seemed pretty interesting. But also, I'd like to add one thing from the 60s, which is the fact that you didn't realize you could get her hearing damage. Right. Oh, so right. So just yeah. like full blown, all amps on tan, <laughs> blistering, and like in '73, like. Clapton and Townsend can't hear shit, so they make no album for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but it must have been really fun. No one really gave a shit about anything. Like no, exactly. But then also, like in the 60s, I feel like you didn't have like drug casualties in the same way. Like every drug was more a possibility than like you didn't see. Like where we grew up, you know, you knew what a speed freak looked like when he was 65. Right. So it's, you know, it kind of held less appeal, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in the 60s, it's like, have you tried this? <laughs> what are the effects? Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. What the effects are, it's really it fun. opens yeah. your stay mind, up. man. You can stay up all night. Just play rock mind. and roll really fast. That was the funny thing that uh, E from the Eels brought up, where he was trying to write as many albums, uh, like do three albums in a year, I think, which is something like the, the Beatles did. And mm -hmm. like, like they had a spad, just three albums in one year. And he was saying it was just being, he was getting really exhausted. And he, he realized, oh, well, they were all on speed. Yeah, exactly. Like, of course they were able to stay up and just make songs. It was just, I'm we just one guy smoking playing. pot. That's the funny thing about rock biographies, that they take the drugs out. <laughs> Like, we were having so much fun. We were in the studio 24 hours a day. Like, and also, we, we just read a biography by, by a Swedish guy who played guitar for that band Europe. Remember that? Yes, band? of course. He played guitar for that band while they were popular. He wasn't in the band before they were popular, but he kind of jumped on and was there for a while. And, and his biography is so funny because he writes a lot about taking tons of cocaine and what it did to him. Like, I thought my ideas were the greatest. And like, I felt so powerful and brilliant and then he's at the same time he's really bummed that no one wants to record his song <laughs> <laughs> like can we please put the two together <laughs> yeah those uh, some of some of those uh, those kind of like old 80s uh rock documentaries are so amazing just like the hair bands yeah. And you, they, they, they I think they aged the worst out of any other. They, yeah, without a doubt. But yeah. like the guys, you know, you see these old interviews with guys like like the band Rat, and yeah. they're like, "So who do you think like?" And and someone someone asked them like, "Who what bands were their competition?" Like I think meaning what other hair metal bands? And they were like, 
Man, we kind of view our competition as like the super bands like Zeppelin and the yeah. Stones. Yeah, yeah they all like, think that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all super bummed. Like, they were so freaked out when like Nirvana came out. Yeah. They that don't know what to do with themselves. Like, they're like, because it's so obvious that it's over. And it was such a hard, right? It was such a hard turn. And, and it's like all of a sudden done. It was like arena, arena, arena. And like, okay, all of it's all done yeah. now. Well, things have gotten so flashy. Yeah, like yeah. The, you couldn't have added any like you know, New York Dolls like you know dressed up in sparkles and then it kind of you know glam and then it got even bigger and more sparkling. The hair got bigger and the heels got higher and then there was nowhere else for it to go except to just fucking topple over. Yeah, and it was just so sad. But it's so funny when they talk about it. Those bands talk about what like Nirvana. They're all like, yeah, I re- I actually really liked it. Like they're trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that must have been so. Fucking hard. I mean, you're being in a band. You, you've invested all this money in hair products and crazy costumes and pyrotechnics and stage shows. And it's like, here's a guy in a fucking flannel shirt How with ripped up with jeans. They're like these goddamn yeah. kids. You know, like the. the and so it's very obvious that you can't. Your next album can't be that. You can't make a Nirvana album. Your next <laughs> album, it won't work. No, yeah. no one will buy it. No, and I think I think some of them maybe tried. I think. Didn't Kip Winger like try to do like a kind did of an he? alternative album afterwards? Didn't Garth Brooks try to do an alternative album? Well, he did Chris, he Gaines. Chris Gaines. That was his <laughs> that was his alter ego. Crazy. But they were not re- they were not story wise they weren't related, right? Chris Gaines was just another guy. He was just another dude. Just they were gonna make a movie out of him, and they they never did. No. Do you think that? Um, because I this idea now that that people's tastes are so splintered and we're such a niche culture that people can get specifically what we what they want, that there aren't you know, like when you hear the idea of like yeah Garth Brooks sold twenty million albums like are, are those days do you think they're just completely over? No, I mean that Adele album isn't that like twenty million albums? Yeah. But she's like one out of almost yeah, but everybody. The year, the year Garth Brooks sold twenty million albums, who else was doing it? I don't remember. I don't know. It's one per year. Celine Dion, Garth Brooks, you know, whoever these people are. And then now it's Adele, I guess. It's yeah. Coldplay one year, I think. Oh, really? Oh, uh, maybe not 20. 12? I have no idea. But a lot, a lot of fucking albums. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it still happens. But you have to be able to appeal to people that don't like music at all. You have to appeal to people that don't give a shit about music, but they need one CD to have. Yeah. They need oh, to buy something at Starbucks. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or a truck stop. Yeah. I guess that's true. I guess I never thought of it that way before. But you guys, but, you know, with what you do, does it, would that be anything that you would really want anyway? Or would you, do you, would you rather just have the hardcore, passionate fans, but maybe have a few million less? Yeah, I think so, kind of. Like, I don't, you know, it'd be great to sell 20 million albums just to see what that's like. But there's kind of no turning back from that. Because the only way, either then you release your next album, you sell 10 million albums, and right. everybody's like... It's a failure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a bummer. Like, there's nowhere to go. Uh, and also, the other problem is kind of like, I'm not sure you want to be that famous. Right. You know, I just walked to Beverly Hills. <laughs> I couldn't do that if I was, I don't know who. How do Maybe you de- I can. I how do you define? <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I can, then I want to sell 20 million. From, you walked from here to Beverly Hills earlier. How long did that take you? I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, I guess so. It's a long walk, but it's, it's we're just Wilshire the, the whole na- way. I know, but the neighborhoods just seem like other realms. You're like, this well, is Korea. It changes they a lot. Change a this lot. Is Korea yeah. town. Yeah. And then once Beverly you get to the Miracle Hills. Mile, and then you have the tar pits and then the museums. 
how do you, it, how it do was you, uh, too hot to really do it, though. I wouldn't recommend it. How do you guys define? How do you define success for yourself? Like, what what is it in your head that makes you go, "Yes, we did it"? Is it is it that the album is exactly what you want it to be? Is it attendance at shows? Is it what, what, what is it? Well, kind of those things. I think that the album is as close to what we wanted to make as possible, and the fa- I mean, and also the fact that we still can tour the world and make money. Yeah, it's pretty great. Then at what level that is kind of is uh, is secondary, I think. But like, I really love doing this, like going to new countries and like basically seeing the world and getting paid for it and getting to play rock and roll. It's pretty sweet. Did that when? Because uh, I remember when Benny Vidivicious came out, I was working at a record store in Venice Beach, <coughs> and um, it was uh, it was out and it sold. You know, like for the people that knew the Hives, they came in and bought it. Mm. But it was uh, in L.A. At least it was after the show you guys did with uh, Rival Schools and International Noise Conspiracy at the Roxy. At the Roxy, yeah. and I was at that show. I remember just um, I was there. I was there to see you guys, uh, and I remember just the. Like no one could match you guys. Yes. Like I remember. Like <laughs> actually, that's how we measure success. If yeah. we play with other <laughs> bands and we still think we're the best band on the bill, <laughs> sometimes like when we in the early days when we played with Refused, you just go shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn yeah. it. And and we also played with a few other bands like Monster and I think Raining Sound have been have beat us a few times, but other than you know. I feel like that's like our main thing. Yeah, I remember that was a, and that was a weird turning point where like, you know, so many people were coming into the store after that show just mm-hmm. because it was like uh, Buzz had gotten out and it's like, I heard these guys tore it up at the Roxy. And yeah. I was like, yeah, it was a good show. Also, Rival Schools and International, they're like, just take the hives. Yeah. It, was just, it was a very like direct thing. And then uh, I remember just, it was, uh, it was also just because, it was awesome because the album, not that, like I really enjoyed Barely Legal, uh, mm-hmm. just kind of coming up and being like a punk kid, but the the jump from barely legal to Vinny Vitavicious was like like you said before it was like you know you had made that conscious decision to yeah. ha- like have a like just a perfect record yeah. and like all the way through it's a great record and also kind of hard to find sometimes uh, uh, on the original label yeah maybe, what, yeah probably what happened with the uh, what was the whole because it was on originally it came out burning on heart. burning heart and they were people we knew from our hometown burning heart and they released the album but we it was kind of like they would release albums by us and there wasn't really that much to it then epitaph bought burning heart and then wanted everybody to sign a contract and then when we got popular epitaph sold us to warner brothers yeah that's gonna feel so weird. It's really weird. Yeah, we like signed one record deal when we were like sixteen, and all these people who are so punk and independent sell us to a major label and take all the money. So we got really mad and signed with a different major label, basically. You went on to Interscope. Interscope. That's right. Yeah. So where that's else? Short, long and short of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really weird because the album had to keep on getting pressed again. Every, yeah. Like they would switch a label, and then we would get, we would have to. It, we would, it was just, <laughs> and we had all these different versions new, of the record. It was, uh, it was a really just like, new logos. Yeah, constantly. yeah, pretty much. Did yeah, because it was on Gearhead yeah. too. Like there was, uh, it was released on Gearhead Records in the states first, kind of. Yeah, and I remember also it was like there were different prices because like and the, the distributors were selling them for different. Like they were so mad at that, like. Oh. Because Gearhead kind of, we knew Mike Lavello at Gearhead and kind of, you know, and he wanted to release the album in the States. Because the deal, I think, was that Epitaph pick a few Burning Heart 
bands to release in the States. Yeah, they don't do that. And they didn't pick us and then gear it like, okay, we'll do it. Like, we'll release it. And then after that, it kind of blew up. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if that uh, that last Refuse record was on Burning Heart, if it was just on Epitaph proper. Because before that, they were on Victory uh, in the States. Mm, Yeah. But, um, yeah. That one probably got picked up because Burning Heart spent, like, that was their big thing. Like, they spent a lot of money on that and, like, really tried hard on that. Yeah, yeah. Do do uh, is is the idea at all of you know with people now like oh you should because people tell comedians this all the time you should just release a comedy special yourself man and just put it on the internet and see what happens yeah. and we always try to explain to them like you know that works if you're Radiohead or Louis C.K. but yeah. it doesn't really like it's hard you know like you really have to be in the top one percent in the field yeah. in order for that to for the economics of that to make sense. It's true, and like our new record is on our own label, but we do license it because we need help. Like yeah. we, do, we don't think we're 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 a really good rock and roll band. I don't think that automatically makes you a great promotion person or like <laughs> you know whatever. Like it's not like you ever watch a band go. They got business savvy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gene Simmons. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Come on. But that you kind of, you don't see it at the show, though, do you? No, he doesn't spit blood and be like, okay, we have some new t-shirts. You got to sign these now. (laughs) Sign these these merch buyouts. Um, So in in the States, uh, what what are some of your kind of favorite cities to hit in the States? Well, what are they? Like Los Angeles, (coughs) New York. The big ones are Seattle, Seattle, Portland. Portland. It's probably the usual suspects, really, like... But I like Anywhere, California is great. California is great. I like Denver too, actually. Denver's yeah. a really great city. Yeah. Have you guys played like Red Rocks or? We're doing it in two days. Oh, that's awesome! I went to high school in Denver. Oh, so cool! Now is Denver's a, a beautiful place. It's a perfect time of year to go too, because the weather it's like temperate. Uh, it's really lovely. Yeah. It's a really nice city. Well, actually, we mostly can't. like the shows are good pretty much anywhere. There'll be less people if you're in like the middle of the country or something. But we kind of just because most of the day it's not the show. Yeah. So Denver is nice because you can kind of go to horseback riding or whatever. Right. <laughs> you can do other stuff. And then at Los Angeles, you just recover from Vegas. <clears throat> now Los Angeles, there's a lot of fun stuff to do in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like you guys, you know, you live there. How yeah, do, yeah. I know, but it's a, but so, but so often Surfing, when you live in, possibly. But you know, when you live in a town, you don't really look at it like a tourist. You just take nah, everything for granted. You're like, nah. Well, I need to go to the. I don't need to go to the planetarium. It's right there. It's all there the whole time. Then I need yeah. to fucking go. I I did made a conscious effort with a friend to actually go like to Stockholm tourist attractions. Yeah. Because I'm also a lot of the times kind of free during the day, so I can do it. Are you guys? De- are you get? Do you? Are you getting to the point now where it's still? Is it still kind of decadent for you guys on the road, or, or are you like, you know, we'll 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 rest and be responsible and drink plenty of water and not stay up too late? I think it's pretty much the same as it always been. We'll get really drunk once in a while, but we won't kind of coast on, you know, like constantly drink slowly yeah. during the day. Yeah. We're from like where we're from. The way you drink is you stay sober for five days and work really hard, and then you get really drunk for two days. <laughs> <laughs> and then they tried to import like continental drinking habits to Sweden, because people drank too much during the weekend and ended up in like a lot of violence and bad news happened. So they tried to import like, well, you should rather in in the week you can have a glass of wine with your dinner, which kind of means that everybody drinks wine. Monday through Friday, and then get shit faced. <laughs> <laughs> Friday, Saturday. There was a city in Brazil that uh, made last call. I think like 8 p.m. 
they weren't allowed to serve booze, mm-hmm. and it cut crime down more than half in the city. Oh my god! Like it's just like everything was just kind of like there was like they were just doing that to bring more tourism, yeah. and then, like they cut down the drinking. No, that's just fine now. Well, even when you look at a culture like 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 England or it like totally London, it totally works. I'll, I'll tell you, like it's a big big deal. Like and also in, they tried lowering the tax on alcohol in Finland. First weekend, like 150 people died, like drinking. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> people in our part of the world, like that, you know, you drink. It's the part of the world where we drink the most coffee and kind of the most alcohol, and it's be, you know, it's because it's dark all the time. You need coffee to stay awake. Like, how are you going to go to work if it's pitch black 24 hours a day? Mm. You need to drink a lot of coffee, and then you drink a lot of booze because it's depressing, <laughs> <laughs> and end up beating each other up. But so it really kind of is, you know, our part of the world has a really bad relationship to booze. I think I love and that so idea of, of trying mm. to import cultural habits. Yeah, to be able to try to change, and it's then you better. S- but you see, you know, it's, it's like it's sort of that so sophisticated down there <laughs> on the continent. Sort of like how like water seeks a level that that you know every culture kind of has its perfect stasis. There's a perfect balance, and if you fuck with it in any way, like you said of like lowering taxes, it's just like fuck big pandemonium. Like people just yeah. can't handle it, no matter what. It's what a, where, where around the world have you been surprised where you went to a place and you found out like oh my god this is a really interesting I never would have come here otherwise. Uh, it, un- unless music. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. Somewhere that is great, but the, uh, somewhere in the U.S. that is great, but you wouldn't get the idea of going there. I think Las Vegas is that w- way. I would never like get the idea to buy a ticket to go to Las Vegas. But the fact that I've been there and seen it, like, it's really fun. Does Sweden have a Las Vegas, or do people go to, like, Ibiza or something? Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a Las Vegas of sorts <laughs> that are these uh, cruise ships that go to Finland for 24 hours. And it's all, it, it used to be there was, like, a park in every, like, a park or a venue-ish kind of thing called the Folkets Park in every city. But those got, uh, they don't exist anymore, pretty okay. much. And that's where you would go drink and meet your future wife and stuff. <laughs> and now it's the cruise boat to Finland. So everybody gets on like a bus in the morning. You go to Stockholm, you get on a cruise bus, cruise boat to Finland. And the whole reason of those cruise boats is that you get out on international waters. So booze is tax-free. Oh. People, people, people buy yeah. shit, loads of beer and liquor and, and just get... Hammered, hammered for 24 hours. Yeah. People are still hammered when they get off the boat. They, oh, yeah, and, and like go to the buffet and have, have bad sex. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Vegas. Yeah, yeah it is Vegas. Yeah, yeah. on the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a mean, Vegas. I don't have to stop drinking. Well, <laughs> and it's also sort of like lawless because it's on international water. Yeah. The way but you described it made it sound like you come back onto land really drunk and starting to get hung over and then on a buffet you just push someone over the buffet and have fuck them on the buffet <laughs> what do you do at it's probably happened <laughs> right into the fruit salad all you can eat and you have these gnarly like the the cabins like where you stay on the boat it's sometimes under the engine room and stuff oh like that. yeah oh that's great people just falling off the sides of the yeah. boat it's, it's it can get rough on those but also, that, it, it, that is the Vegas, because that's also where a lot of conferences are held and stuff. Like, if you work at an electronics company, you yeah, go, you're like, a cruise. oh, we're going on a conference cruise. Oh, right. Which is like an excuse to have sex and drink, I guess. <laughs> well, but other than that, like, I don't think people would have babies in Sweden, so it's probably good that that happens. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it, what's the, 
there's you know there's been sort of a, 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 an unspoken movement. I think it was kind of with my generation where a lot of people either just decided to not really have kids or just wait until really late in life to have kids. Uh, and then your kids are either damaged or you can't have any. <laughs> right, you don't want to wait too long. But is you know in Sweden is it still pretty family oriented? No, it's really. I mean, in the countries like uh, out in the country. The first uh, child is probably around like 22 or something. Yeah. So it's still pretty like where it makes sense right. biologically. But in Stockholm, in parts of Stockholm, it's like 40 is the first wow. baby. Nice. But so th- there's all kinds. Yeah. This band's pretty family oriented. Like there was a lot of early babies. Oh, do you have kids? I don't, but all the other guys have at least two. Oh, each. nice. Yeah. Back, back home, do you guys live actually still live in Sweden? Yeah, we we all live in Sweden. Uh, you know, then we tour, and then we're not there that much. But we live in Sweden. Nice. Well, uh, we're at about. <coughs> we've dominated enough of your time, and your guys' show is somewhat soon. But um, it was really nice sitting and chatting with you guys. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to. Thank you. This. I'd love to do it again. You're welcome to it's come fun back. Fun to Any- talk to other people than the other four. <laughs> <laughs> even if we ask, even if we talk about the same things, like just it's coming out of different face holes. Uh, you're actually, yeah, exactly. But you're actually asking other questions than you know. It's not like what time is soundtrack? <laughs> 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 when is dinner? <laughs> yeah. Again, what's the Wi Fi password? Yeah. <laughs> that is yes. Where's the beer? Yeah. <laughs> well have a great show tonight. What is the beer today? Yeah, what, <laughs> what, what region yeah. are we in? Yeah. What's the microbrew? Is it good? That's, that's what I do on tour. <laughs> that's yeah. Jonas. What's the best microbrew here? Here in LA? No, no, I mean that's your question. Oh yeah, that's we, well it's we like go. you know, you know, sometimes when you're on tour, you'll get into a city and you're at the venue and you really have no time to experience anything the city has to give except for maybe what beer they have yeah. only there. What is the best beer in LA though? Uh right now it's um it's probably Middle Light. What? <laughs> yeah. Middle Light, uh, probably Tecate. Uh no, it's uh, right now there's a there's a brewery in uh, called Eagle Rock Brewery and they have uh like really good like uh, Eagle Rod. Eagle Rock. Rock. Eagle. Yeah, Eagle Rock. they're good. And then there's a place nearby, uh, a, few, like a few miles north, called uh, Russian River. And they have a really good beer called Pliny the Elder. Okay. Yeah, cool. if you can find it. Well, there was... Uh, there was um, it's really like a big deal that that's happened in the States. Like, we used to go on tour and we'd all get headaches because the only beer you could get was Rolling Rock. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. <laughs> so we it's would like rarely like, either drink booze or stay sober all throughout the U.S. store or buy really ex- import, like expensive imported beer. Right. Which seems yeah. pointless. And now it's, like, delicious every day. Yeah, every city has, like, a yeah. ton of microbrews. And they're all great. really good. That's something yeah. I remember about the green beer, the green bottle beers, is that... The, yeah. the something about the, the, the light hitting like that that frequent that like that light that wavelength weirdly ferments the beer faster or something and so like I think that's why if you drink a green bottle beer and it tastes weirdly skunky, it's because yeah. it was in a green bottle and it was left in the sunlight. I hate too long. it. I hate Rolling Rock. I hate Heineken. Most green beers, green bottles, I don't. I do not like. Well, we'd like to thank Heineken. Is this a sponsor yeah, of the Nerdist yeah. podcast? Let me. Okay. No, no beer company's ever going to yeah, sponsor yeah, the podcast. True. You don't have to worry about that. Um, we'll have a great show tonight, you guys. Thank and, you. Thank uh, you. It was, it was, it was Are nice you coming show. to check it out? Um, I actually have to do a show myself tonight uh, across town. I was supposed to be out of town. I didn't get tickets. Oh Yeah, I know. You're here in the fucking green room. I'll just, just stay. I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> you just, I no used to get to get again to shows all the time. You know what you got to do is be like, okay, everybody, here we leave. Yeah. And then you just kind of just subtly hide yeah. behind the door. No, so I have some bum Swedish friends who are probably not coming anyway on the guest list. I can take <laughs> them off and put you on. <laughs> Thank you. That'd We're going to give you a, a Swedish name like Bjorna. 
Det är som Ikea. Ja. Björn är vagnsnäs. All right. And, oh, how do you say enjoy your burrito in Swedish? Uh, it's you don't wouldn't really say it like that. We're not that pleasant. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Then how would you say this is ha a en burrito? Good burrito? Ein good burrito? Oh, ha en good burrito. Ha en But it's weird. How do you say it? Uh, Hoppas burriton smakar gott. Yeah, you 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 say I hope the burrito's gonna taste good. That's what yeah. you say. You don't say. <laughs> like, you don't like say enjoy the burrito. That's Newt of burriton. That sounds vaguely vaguely sexual. Sexual. It yeah. is good. Oh, you better. You're gonna enjoy this burrito. A little bit like that. Yeah. I do kind of like the idea of like I hope you enjoy this yeah, burrito. Yeah. It's don't. a little Japanese, like yeah. Yeah, very circumstantial. May this burrito bring you many joys. I, there's no guarantees. <laughs> yeah. It could be the worst burrito ever, but we hope that. The What's time the best burrito in Los Angeles? Oh God, what is the best burrito in LA? What do you like? Yeah. The, the flaming taco truck. Have you been there? Yep. It's the best. That's great. It's uh, there's a. Uh, The flame taco truck nearby is pretty good. Also, uh, is that nearby? Are you talking about the one on that's always on Wilshire? Or? Yeah, so it's, it's like at, at the gas station. There's a few of those around the city. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a Taco Zone on uh, Glendale. Taco or, Zone. Take you to the Taco. Alameda and Echo Park, the Taco Zone. There was also a really cool place called uh, was it Cowboys and Turbans? Yeah, Cowboys and Turbans. There was like a Mexican Indian mashup, so you'd get these like curry burritos that were really. Cody like truck is pretty good too. The Cody truck is good. That's yeah. like yeah. Korean crossover. Oh, yeah. nice fusion they call it. <laughs> We're in Koreatown, yeah. so it's all it's But all. But also Korean right up Vine, uh, Cactus Taqueria. It's just like just a stand on mm. Vine, like not too far away, and they got really good cool. uh, carne asada. Or you could go down to Olivera Street downtown, like the like the really old, you know, early 1900s. Yeah. Or you can um, throw a fucking rock. It's Los Angeles. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be good. That'd be decent. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, Thank you. Take care. This one's called A Thousand Answers. Go like this.
Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by Shutterstock.com. With over 700,000 high-quality video clips, Shutterstock helps you take your creative projects to the next level. For 30% off your new account, go to Shutterstock.com and use the offer code NERDIST11. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front-row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.